Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. Give him some praise also. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. You may be seated while the anointing still flowing here. Let's turn over to the book of Revelations, chapter 3. I ain't got time to dance too much, so we're going to have to preach it down, okay? <clears throat> Chapter 3, uh, verse 7. And I want to speak a little bit about the opportunities that all of us have here sitting there, sitting here tonight, this morning. And I, I think we're at the place where God is about to launch out more people. Because time is running out. And whatever the church is going to do, we have to do it now. If we don't do it now, we're going to miss the whole opportunity that God's given us. And we need to be sensitive to the times and to the spirit in which God is moving. And once we're sensitive to that, then we can accomplish whatever God wants us to accomplish. And I feel that we're right there, right now, and we're going to accomplish it. As you well know, we got... Pastor Anthony, he'll be leaving us probably August the 1st. We'll probably be throwing a big party for him and celebrating that he's going to leave us. But he won't be too far. He'll be here in Montebello and East L.A. right in the middle. So he has two, uh, two areas to reach there. And they're pretty crowded with people. So I am excited. Soto's gone. Now Anthony's going to be gone. So some of you are going to cry, you're going to weep, you know, you're going to miss him. Hey, he's up the street. Don't worry about it. He's just our neighbor. Can you say amen? He's our neighbor. But at the same time, God is raising up new people. And that's also what God does. He launches and he raises up new people. And right now at the place that we're at, I believe that God's given us speed, and once we hit that speed, then it goes faster. And heavens knows, you can look at your neighbor right now, heavens knows wherever, I don't know where they're going to land or where he's going to land or what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know what the mission is of this church, reach, teach, mend, and send. And so we have that in our hearts. But we also need timing, and once the timing comes, God give us, gives us opportunity, opportunity to accomplish what we need to accomplish. I have so many good people here this morning. I have the veterans of the church. I have people that have been here for a long while. And I am so blessed that God added, is adding to the church. And I am so blessed to hear the, see the blessing of God that is upon our lives. And to me, that means a lot. 
means a lot. So let me read here, chapter 3, verse 7. And unto the angel of the church of Philippi, Philadelphia, write these things, says he that is holy, he that is true, and he that has the keys of David, and he that openeth, and no man shut it, and shut it, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. No man can shut it. For thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I love thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him my, the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. And he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you for your glory and thank you for everything that you've been doing. We have come out of storms, severe storms, but we're still standing. We've come out, Lord, hurt, sometimes even defeated, but we're still standing. Lord, we we kept your word Regardless of how hard it get, God, we kept your word. And now we thank you for your blessing upon this church. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so I've seen so many pastors go out and do, and do God's will. And today they're still functioning. And they're still prospering. And to see the prosperity of people that have dedicated their lives to the Lord makes me look at God's word in a different way that God never lies. The Bible says, let every man be a liar, but let God be true. And he is true to his word. One man said, life is full of golden opportunities for doing what we don't want to do. So there's opportunities just to stay the way we are. But this is a church that God has picked up and stirs, stirs us up to a place where we no longer want to stay where we're at. We want to move forward and go beyond anything that we can do. We will do it with all our heart. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, it says, For a great door of effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Anytime we do something for the Lord, there's always adversaries. There's always the doubters. There's always the demons that rise up against us. But I want to tell you something. Every time they rise up, the Lord shuts them down, and God gives us the victory to accomplish what we need to accomplish. 
So there is a stream, there is a stream that when you see the stream and you see the Holy Ghost waters running and when you see what God is doing, it's time to jump into that stream. It's time to let go of your logic and your complaints and all that and jump into that stream because that stream is going to lead us to where God wants to put us. Can somebody say amen to that? And it's a strong stream. Sometimes we look at people and we say, man, I don't think they'll ever change. But the stream of God, the Holy Ghost water will change anybody that will stick around. All you have to do is wait and get in and get wet and let the Lord take care of the rest. Because I see too many miracles right now. Some of you were crazy, demon-possessed, winos, idiots, crazy people, psycho people. People that never, never wanted, they never wanted you. So then I see people that are prospering and blessed, and they did a lot of good things in the world. So God balances the plane. But let me tell you something. When it comes to sin, we were all living in sin. But thank God for the blood of Jesus that picked us up and put us upon a solid rock. <clears throat> the opportunities we have. We're living in the church of Philadelphia, the age of opportunities. The age of opportunities. Wherever I look now, there is an opportunity. After this pandemic that we went through, hey, we didn't stop. We kept on going. We kept on moving. Regardless if they told us not to do it, we did it anyway. Why? Because we believe in a God that is powerful and will not stop. And if he doesn't stop, then we don't get to stop. Because we are his people. We are his people. So we have the open door generation. We are living in a grace, in a period where God has given us time and the door is open. The door is open. And when the door is open, then you and I need to be together and cause an effort to accomplish anything that we have to accomplish. But we have to make up our minds and all of us think alike and say, we're going to do this not because of us. We're going to do it because the opportunity of grace is right in front of us. Right in front of us. That's why the scripture says, for a great door of effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. There's always the doubters. There's always those freaks that try to mess us up. But, hey, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We are the church of Philadelphia, and we have opportunities, and we have open doors. Open doors that God has opened to reach the generation. And we can't be just regular church people. We're in a mission. Hallelujah. We're, and once we're on a mission, then we need to accomplish that mission. And that mission comes when we unite forces. It's just like I was telling our class yesterday. He says that one of the generals says, I don't want you to march in step. Because if you march in step and you go over the bridge, you're going to knock down the bridge. Because the bridge is too, too, uh, too weak. To bear the unity of soldiers marching. Let me tell you something. It's time to break the bridge of the devil. It's time to take the things that the devil stole from us. And get them all back and tell the devil. We're marching in. We are the army of the Lord. And we're going to accomplish everything that God says to accomplish. Because we are the open door generation. When you think about England. I see Mike on the TV. 
on Facebook. He was here with us before he even left. We helped him. We did it. And today, he's got hundreds of people. Hundreds of people going to his church. Here is a guy that looks like an Indian. A Pakistani. And yet, God plants him there, and all of a sudden now, he's got like almost 80% black. And they're all English people that transplanted them, themselves there to England, and 80% black. I said, bro, you got the Holy Ghost in you. You're, you're reaching all nations and the English people. And here is a young man, Mike, a rock and roll player, the, a long-haired, crazy hippie. Rock and roll, and now you see, I see him in England with his family. I said, look at what God has done with a person that decided to jump into the stream. What an amazing thing to see. And when we see in every state where we're going, we see revival. Three churches in Arizona already. And they're going, they're hitting it. And God's blessing them and prospering them. And we have churches everywhere now. The Philippines just called me. They want to plant more churches. And I'm, I'm going, I'm like, man, these people are poor. They're in the sun. They're in a third world country. And they don't give up. They're out there in the, in the streets with their microphones preaching to everybody. Young Filipinos that are full of God, full of the fire of God. Because they have decided to jump into the stream. It's time for all of us to understand that we're living in an age that God wants to bless our churches. Because his opportunity becomes the strategy here on earth. And if it happens here on earth, it's happening in heaven. It's happening in heaven. In the book of Amos, chapter 9, verse 13, the Bible reads this way. Behold, the days cometh, says the Lord, that the plowman will overtake the reaper. And the threader of grapes, and him that soweth seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine, wine, and all the hills shall melt away. Woo. I don't know about that, but that sounds like revival to me. Listen to the book of Revelations again, chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. And to the angel, talking to the pastor of the church in the Philadelphia, to Philadelphia, right? These things says he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the keys of David, and he that openeth, no man shutteth and shutteth, and no man openeth. I feel like a rapper, hallelujah. <laughs> I know thy works, behold, I've set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou has a little strength, and has kept my word, and has not denied my name. Powerful statement. Powerful statement says, I've opened up the door and you went in. And because you went in, I am rewarding you because you have not denied my name. Listen to me. The name of Jesus is above any president, any king, because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And when this, when this voice comes out, when your voice comes out and you start speaking about the mighty king... Things begin to rattle, things begin to shake, and things become new, and, and God begins to do a new work in people's lives. 
But somebody's got to tell them. Tell your neighbor, I think it's you, neighbor. <laughs> yeah, it is you. Listen to what I'm going to say. The, best, the basics of opportunity is not great strength or ability, but faithfulness and a willing heart. Faithfulness and a willing heart. Come on, say it with me. Faithfulness and a willing heart. Say it again. Faithfulness and a willing heart. God's not looking for your education. He is looking for those two items. That they'll be deep inside of you. So that you can accomplish what God wants to accomplish. In the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me. And has counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Listen, God is the one that picked up Paul, and God is the one that picked us up. We were somewhere lost, yet somehow somebody came with a message, and we got saved, and God picked us up. We are no longer the same. You're sitting next to somebody that must have been crazy, especially if you're sitting next to Philip. He was crazy. But today we're sitting here together enjoying the presence of God. <clears throat> Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 2. And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Faithful men. Say with me, faithful men. That means that there is neither... Male or female, but he's addressing himself to the male, which is all the body of Christ. We are one in Christ Jesus. So God says, I picked you up for a reason. And I just want you to become faithful. And if you're faithful in the little, I will put you over much. You might not have the talent. You might think you don't have the ability. But God says, when I birthed the Holy Ghost inside of you, I birthed the, the third head of the Trinity. And he can educate your life. And he can make you a better person. And he can turn you around. Stop looking at yourself as a person that is stupid and get rid of the stupid juice that you're drinking and let's get to work and say yes to Jesus and no to ourselves. So with great opportunity comes great obstacles that we have to overcome. Nothing is easy. If you expect to get something just real easy, some things do come real easy, but there are things that battles that come that get worse and worse and it's not easy sometimes the only thing that we could do about that is say I'm not going to quit because my character the who I am I am going to seek God on my knees and I'm going to come out of all my difficulties and God's going to lift me up by his mighty right hand and make me who he wants me to be and God is giving us a lot of opportunities I told all our guys, we need to forget about the world. We need to reach the United States, every state, because our nation is going down the drain. There are too many drugs. There are too many things happening. There are cities that look like zombies now. They're dying on the street. We got the answer to all those crazy people that are out there. The gospel that raised up the United States is the gospel that will reach the United States. We need to be determined to seize the opportunity facing all the obstacles that come our way. I do need psycho people. 
And when I say that, <laughs> and that was a psycho lady right there. And it's probably one of the best, hallelujah. And it doesn't matter because we need to be blind to what's going on. We need this radical faith that will say, I can take this city. I'm going to take everybody that is there. I'm going to defeat the powers of the enemy. I might be one and I have my wife with me. I might be one, but I'm taking that whole city. No matter what the devil says, I will fashion myself into God. I will do what he wants me to do and I will destroy the powers of the enemy. Come on, somebody. We need some radical people. We need some people that will say, I will fight. I will take a city. I will destroy the powers of the enemy. I will accomplish what he wants me to accomplish. He wants us to do that. And when we do that, we get stirred in our spirits. God had given Israel a destiny to follow and a land of promise. Israel would have never been on the map today if it had not been for the word of God and placing it on Father Abraham. That today we're seeing Israel be a mighty nation. And the enemy wants to bring it down. Why? Because he knows that when you're anointed, <laughs> all they can do is make a lot of noise. A lot of obstacles come in their way. But they cannot defeat Israel. And they're calling Israel little Satan and they're calling us big Satan. So I call it this way. Huge God, big God. In Israel and in the United States. We're not done yet. I don't care what they're saying and I don't care what they do. The kingdom of God is inside of our hearts. They can say and do whatever they want to, but they will never defeat the church of the living God. Israel went in and defeated giants. Took over the land. Reclaimed the land. They revamped everything. They built some nice buildings today. They got the best army in the world. They have the best equipment in the world. Why? Because one man by the name of Abraham, <laughs> riding around in camels, never seen it. But God said, I'm using you. I am using you to pave the way so that we now can see if he could do it then, then he could do it now. He can do it now. Yeah, the enemy will hit us with every single thing. Because the enemy is always against good. Against good and healthy people. But we are people that have a purpose. Our purpose is to accomplish God's will on the earth. Because when we accomplish God's will on the earth, then God can move wherever he wants to move. I don't know about you, but I enjoy this, this worship team. I mean, they're anointed. <laughs> when they sound the trumpet, we start dancing, we start singing, something happens to us. We can come in defeated through those doors, but once we get out of here, we're brand new people. We gassed up, hallelujah. We are on full. We are on full for all week because they map, they put the way there, or they did the worship to get us there. <laughs> I'm coming around, hallelujah. I'm just waking up. Haven't had no menudo or anything. 
So you and I need to drive the Canaanites, Canaanites away. The Canaanites that are inside of our hearts. The ungodly Canaanites, the filthy Canaanites, we need to get them out of our heart. And the reason why we go through trials and why we go through all those changes is because God's transforming us. God's making us more into his image. Don't be afraid of the trial. The trial just comes to make you better. It begins to cut away every single thing that doesn't belong there and cut into your heart and give you a brand new heart. And you see the filthiness of your heart and God said, don't worry about that. I'm working on it. You just be faithful. You just keep on going. I'm going to accomplish what I'm going to accomplish. You will never be perfect. The only person that is perfect is the presence of God inside of you. So we have to drive the Canaanites away. Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. If any man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. You are a piece of meat. Being prepared for good works. Some of you look like T-bones. I'm getting hungry now. Some of you look like uh, ribeyes. That can talk back too. <laughs> but the main thing is that he is saying, hey, I am perfecting you unto every good work. Unto every good work. That means what you used to be, you're not. What you used to say, you're not. The way you, you were a, a cursor, but you're not cursing no more. Sometimes one of them slips up and you say, I. But you're not, that, you're not that no more. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. You're in the process. And God's beating down on the meat. And softening the meat. So that he can feel the presence of God in his heart. I don't know about you. I can walk in somewhere and feel the presence of God and I feel comfortable. I can walk into a house of God and feel comfortable because the presence of God is there. So how much more as he's dealing with us and dealing with us as we go home, we, could, we take in the presence of God into our homes to accomplish what we need to accomplish in our homes. See, in our Christian mind, we have to be sanctified. Sanctified means that you're set apart in your mind. You have personal sanctification. You allow God to cleanse your mind, to fill your mind with good things, to purify your mind. Because sometimes our minds were corrupted. Sometimes things have to fall off of us. But our personal sanctification comes when we pray and we seek the face of God. But our assurance comes when we have faith in God. Faith that moves mountains. Faith that you believe even though everything's falling apart. Amen. And some of us here sitting down have gone through so many battles. You didn't think you were going to come out of it, but faith brought you out. Amen. You thought you were going to be lost forever, but faith brought you out. You can run and hide, but faith is going to bring you out. Amen. Faith is going to accomplish what it's going to accomplish because faith is inside of you. And God has to do what he has to do. You can run, but you ain't going to run too far. But here, effort is required. Say it with me. Effort is required. See, there's a destiny that God has. 
And there's a service that he has for you, but you're going to have to pay the price. Pay the price. How, what kind of things is he going to make me do? Number one, he's going to teach you obedience. Obedience, because you're a wild horse. How many have ever seen wild horses in the ranch? They're wild, and when they break them, when they put the bit out, they look at the horse, the, bit looks at the, the horse looks at the bit, and he says, what's that? And he keeps going. Until the cowboy says, how put this bit in your mouth? And once he puts it in his mouth, then he gets on top of that horse, and that horse goes buck wild. And he's bouncing everywhere. And then he's broken. He's broken, why? Because that bit went to his mouth, and now he becomes obedient. Obedient of where he should be guided, and which way to turn, left or right. So, that's why the Bible says, put, put the bit in your mouth so that he can maneuver you. Obedience, when he tells you, give a thousand dollars, you say, I rebuke you, devil. <laughs> and God said, put that bit back in your mouth because I want you to obey me because things that are good and things that he wants to accomplish, he's not going to use the angels He's going to use all of us here sitting down because he uses people. He uses people, but we need obedience. Tell your neighbor, you need a lot of obedience, neighbor. Now, if your wife is there, she'll tell you louder. After obedience comes preparation. God has to prepare you for what he has for you. I remember a lot of the preachers, they didn't want to get up and preach, but they preached anyway. And today they preach better than me because they allowed obedience and they allowed a preparation to take place in their hearts, in their minds, and in their spirit. And there's nothing wrong with excelling, to excel as much as you can, to accomplish as much as you can so that you can be better for God, be better prepared. And number three, you're going to need self-discipline. That means that you're going to have to get this old flesh and you're going to have to tell this flesh self-discipline every morning you're going to pray. Whether you like it or not, you're going to kneel down or I'm just going to roll out like a little, like a burrito and just jump on my knees and just start seeking you. He starts, he starts bringing that self-discipline. That's why the homes are good because they get you up early and you got to pray. But how much more when you come out of the home or when you just come to church, you got to learn how to self-discipline yourself. Amen. That means that you don't look at filthy movies no more. You turn them off. That means you're not looking at X-rated movies. You just turn it off. That means that you're not, you're not a guy that's Mr. Lusty Baby no more. You turn that off. And some of your sisters were Lusty Babies too. So it's not only the guys. But the self-discipline to live clean is important. Hit your neighbors. I think he's talking to you. And number four, self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice. When you have self-sacrifice, that means if you want to be an usher, you be an usher. Don't complain about being an usher. Shut your mouth and just get to work. 
Get to work and get to helping God's people because as you help God's people, God blesses you. As you have a good attitude, God blesses you. As you put a smile on your face, God blesses you. As you treat people really, really well, God blesses you. And people will always want to come back just to see you again smiling. Because they're not going to see, their, they're not going to see that in the market. Or wherever you go shopping, everybody looks like, yeah, they've been baptized in lemon juice. <laughs> Self-sacrifice. And then the next one, which is one, two, three, four, five. Laboring. Laboring. Start working in the kingdom of God. Any little talent you have, use it. Amen. If you know how to sow, ladies, and you can sow something, sow it up for somebody when you see the need. If you see somebody that it needs something, do it for them. Go out of the way, but do it for God because you see the need and you meet the need. But you're laboring the same way in the gospel. We are laboring the same way when we go out in the streets. We are laboring the same way when, when we're at work. We are laboring. We are laboring to what? To accomplish what God wants us to accomplish and to bring in the good news of Jesus Christ. Because I don't know about you, I'm seeing a lot of people get all confused. They're nervous of what is coming. And what's coming, it doesn't look too good. And I don't care what you say and what politically thing you say. I am talking about what's coming. It's coming. And it is not a good thing. It's an evil thing. So the church needs to stand up. Because they want your kids. They want you. They want to change you from a man to a girl to a girl to a man. Something weird is happening. The, the houses are not respected no more. The homes are not respected no more. Mom and dad are not respected no more. They want to take over all the children and get rid of your children and put them all by themselves. But hey, we are the church. We will take them back. God will deliver them. God will make them better. And that's why they want to shut us up. But there ain't no shutting us up. We're going to become louder and louder and louder, especially when God gets the glory. When God shows up, uh, when he starts knocking them down, when they start dying, just like they did when they were attacking Israel, the angels of God will come and strike them down. He has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His laws have not changed. And if you're going to, you better get rid of your new homes in your Bible and carry a Bible and have one because pretty soon they're going to turn you off. Amen. And then your Bibles too. The Chinese people that are locked up in prison, the little ladies, when they see a page of the Bible, they memorize it. Then they give it to the husband to memorize it. And then they give it to the children. That's how rich this Bible is to a lot of people. And when they have a whole Bible, they memorize a whole Bible. Why? Because they took them away. And to them, that's food for the spiritual soul. So you got a Bible, read it. Read it. Philip almost lost his Bible right now. He's caught it in midair. 
Listen to what I'm going to say. We have a responsibility and we are accountable for opportunities that God brings to us. I'm standing here because I have to give an account to God. And this, Reuben Reina, is not a coward. I will go down fighting. I will be broken. I'll be down forever. It doesn't matter. What matters is what we do with what we have. Tell your neighbor, it's time to do. Mm -hmm. Jesus died. Jesus came into this world three and a half years of ministry. Listen to John chapter 9, verse 4. I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. He says, I only have three and a half years. I have to accomplish it. You have to accomplish yours. I have to accomplish mine. Because we're all going to die and we're all going to give an account in the presence of God. None of us are going to escape it. We're going to be in the presence of God. So this should motivate us to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. See, in God's kingdom, the opportunity must be seized when it comes to us. When it comes to us. You're sitting in a nice place. But it cost us. It's cost us, but God's blessed us. And now we're using it to kick the devil in the rear end. And to do it with everything we got. So, God wants us to be ready. Why should we be ready? Because he wants to use us to do miracles. When it gets harder, which it will be, the greater the glory. The harder it gets, the greater the glory is coming into your house. And if God has to drop bread into your house, he will drop bread into your house. We have nothing to fear. But we have to do the work of God because we only have a certain amount of time. I could not imagine when I first got saved to see everything that I'm seeing today. Never imagined it. But now what I'm seeing today, I'm going, wow. God does not lie. He's been preparing a generation to accomplish what we need to accomplish. And I think that our hearts... Our hearts should be with overloaded, overloaded, overloaded with passion for people, overloaded for what is coming and praying for our families and praying for our kids and praying for the world and praying for everybody that's around because it's coming and we need to be ready because in a twinkling of an eye, we'll disappear. And I really think that we're getting closer than ever. But this is the last thing we need is to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Sensitive. Sensitive. Sometimes God will ask you to do things you don't want to do. And when you do them, you feel content. So we need to learn to listen to the inner person that lives inside of us. This marks the difference in fruitfulness an unfruitful ministry when you listen to God. When you listen to God. Come on, lift up your hands with me, both hands, one without wrath and one without doubt. 
and say with me these words, I am going to listen to you when you speak to me, and I am going to accomplish what you put in my heart. In the name of Jesus, give me the strength and the power to accomplish everything you have for me. From this day forward, I give you my life with everything that I have. In Jesus' name. Now give them a clap of them and thank them, thank them, thank them. Thank them. Thank them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.